You know, every morning the heavens open. <laughs> oh my. Every morning the heavens open. But would you be ready? Because if the heavens open and your heart isn't open and your hands aren't open and you don't have a container to take the good things, the blessings, the, the whatever it is that is going to come from heaven, what then will be your case? Morning by morning, new mercies I see. My name is Anoa Bevere. The world's not generally made up of the haves and have-nots. It is made up of the wills and will-nots. Most people are simply not willing to do what it takes for their life to be better. The world's not generally made up of the haves and have-nots. It's made up of the wills and the will-nots. Most people are simply not willing to do what it takes for their life to be better. Uh, I, I talked a bit about time, you know, this week. So what do you do with your time, your w- waking time? I'm awake now. What I do between now and when I fall asleep will determine how my life will be tomorrow. So it's not a wishful thinking thing. It's not how often I pray or how much I give alms or whatever it is that I get up to. The time of life, daytime night time seed time harvest every day is a day to sow seeds just as every day is a day for harvest so the wise person sows good seeds consistently frequently all the time why so that every day they can get a harvest but because seeds are different times and have different spans for gestation and you know full maturation Um, I would not harvest a palm fruit, for example, in the same time I'll harvest plantain, not the same time I'll harvest vegetable or cucumbers. But it's harvest all the same. It's harvest all the same. We just cannot. We just cannot not do the things that we have to do. You don't have to like to do them, but you have to do them because that's the only way. I know how some kids struggle with book work, you know, in the early days because maybe they're not mentally ready. Not because they're five years old and their five-year-olds, other five-year-olds are writing one to 20. No, they're not mentally ready for many reasons. So they struggle. Sometimes they're older than that, maybe eight years old. They have a teacher who doesn't know how to teach. It becomes a problem. But they have to do it. They have to wake up. Even when it's cold and raining, they have to wake up and get to work, just like adults. Let's say at 6.45, a heavy downpour starts, would you go back to bed? You can't do that because you have to come to work. You have to be at work. And that's the journey of life. There are many things we do not want to do, but we have to do them because that's the only way. That's the only way. And, And when I say that's the only way, I don't mean there's only one way, no. That's the only way. It has to be done. The how, you work it out, but it has to be done. I know mothers who have to literally lift the child from the bed to the bath and start bathing the child for the child to wake up. She knows the child is struggling. She doesn't flog the child as if she's flogging a a horse or cow. She just bundles the child straight to the bathroom, warm water, bathe them. They're crying. They're murmuring. She knows that we have to do this. Because I have to get to work too. But let, let's get it done. And she says, don't worry, I'll buy you this, I'll buy you that. So that the child just, you know, calms down 
after the bath, take the child to the bedroom, wipe them clean, start to dress them up, you know, still saying words of encouragement and whatever it is. But you have to go to school. He can't stay at home now. To the things we have to do. And, and what you have to do depends on where you want to go and where you want to be. So if you don't want to be anywhere, you don't want to go anywhere, then voila. But if you have to be something, you have to do something, you have to get somewhere in life, then you must do those things. I'll be difficult, I'll be painful, I'll be frustrating. You've got to do it. I mean, some of us drive every day in the city we live. I mean, the most insane people, you see them behind steering wheels. That's the truth. Because you see some that maybe are mentally ill on the road. They're, they're calm. Carrying their, whatever they carry on their heads. Maybe naked, but they're calm. But the ones behind the steering wheels are absolutely insane. Lunatic, crazy, angry, frustrated. And they take it out on other drivers. In fact, I had an experience recently uh, around refinery, you know. And we're going further down. So at that refinery area... Um, you know, they have these buses that take their workers to work. The driver was driving. Oh, my goodness. It was so crazy. And the other driver was, it was like a tug of war. But when I saw that the buses were going right into the refinery road, I asked myself, is this driver not insane? Because you could tell that the driver was going to get off the road in a bit. So why were you, why were you doing that? A sign of insanity. Another one are those that get into their vehicles and refuse to put on their seatbelts. Those ones are acutely insane. There's no, I don't know, there's nothing anyone, they're just, their insanity is on, is TikTok on point, mad, crazy, lunatic. And some of them actually wear suits and ties. And you know they're really, really insane when they get close to the FRSC people and they want to put the seatbelts on. They know that this one is certified. It should just be, you know, psychiatric road they should just can't commit him there because if you know to wear the seatbelts when you see an FRSC official then you know to wear the seatbelt when you get into the car but they don't do that you don't have to like it that's what the the, the, the the book says when you buy a car that's what the book says when you get into the car you check your seat then you put the belt on as far as you know your seat is comfortable put the belt on before you turn, a, turn on the car but no Top speed, expressway. Mm-mm. So the journey of life requires that we do different things at different times. And, and it will be a case of double jeopardy if you get to a certain place and you want to slow down. Classic example is a person on a track. You're doing um, the hurdles, 100 meters hurdles, or you're doing the 100 meters or 200 meters it's short distance. Speed is what, that's what it's all about, speed. So you can't say, I've done the first 100 meters, for example, on 200 meters race, and you say, I want to slow down. <laughs> you're not allowed to. You're only allowed to slow down when you're done. You're only allowed to slow down when you hand it over the button to the next um, athlete. Just like a woman trying to give birth. Push, push, push. And she, after like three tries, she says, I'm tired. I'm doing this anymore. Nah, nah. Because death is going to happen. And you see, I like this particular example because we'll talk about births much later in the show. But that's a classic example. If the woman stops to push at some point, when she's supposed to be still pushing, 
then there's going to be a problem, not just for her, but for the baby that's supposed to be birthed. And that's how this journey of our lives, many of us have been. We've gone to that place where we've carried the pregnancy full term. I mean, we've done all we're supposed to do. This is time for the harvest. The final push is what is needed. The final push. And then we say we're tired. I don't do it again. I'm, I don't want this. And, and, and God is looking at you and saying, no way, don't, no, don't do that. Just one final push. One final push. One final push. One final push. And no, you don't understand how many times I've been to that office. How many times I've submitted my CV. How many times, oh, come on. No, I've written this exam many times. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. We keep pushing. We keep pushing. You can't stop midway. You can only stop after you've bursted the child. Then when the woman says, I'm tired, even nature understands that she has the right now to be, but she has earned the tiredness because <laughs> she's done what is required. So before you throw in the towel, before you say, I am tired, I won't do it again. Ask yourself, have I delivered on this mandate? We don't want anything that is not properly done, half-baked or whatever it is called. We must complete it. Look at Jesus. Yes, Jesus. The Jesus that we call all the time. Some of us, the Jesus. He got to that point as well where he was tired. He didn't want to go on. So don't think that it makes you weak. You're not weak. You're human. I mean, that's the human part of you speaking. Yeah, it's all right. You're not weak. But, I mean, you've been on the journey too now. You've been doing it a step at a time. One step at a time. Here you are now. The final leap. That's when you should gather all your energy, gather momentum and launch forward. And you say, I'm tired. You can't be tired. 100 level, 200 level, 300 level. And you've been doing well. You've been making progress. Your grades are getting better. You're learning more. You're, You're getting into the groove. And then in final year, I'm tired. You can't be tired. No, that's not the way it's done. So Jesus uh, got to that point as well. Uh, Where is it? He got to that point as well. He had done well, you know. Everywhere he went was doing good from turning water to wine. You know, you you have to know that (laughs) he knew what time it was. They were having a party and, you know, come on, the wine is finished. Let's... Um, let's talk to Jesus. And Jesus said, okay, let me make it happen for you. It's your wedding after all. It did happen for them. Happy couple, happy family, happy guests. And um, this is Matthew 26, 36 to 46. Um, And in verse 38, he said to Peter and um, the two sons of Zebedee, he said, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. You know, he was overwhelmed with sorrow. Okay, so, um, and he told them, (laughs) and he told them, keep watch with me. You know, sometimes it's not just 
an isolated event. It's something that you need people to support you, to keep cheering you on, to keep, you know, pushing you forward. But like Jesus, um, you, you're tired. You're tired. Oh, come on. Where is it? I was there right now. Hmm. Okay, here I am now. Matthew 26. And stay here and keep watch with me. 39, going a little farther. So he, he, and that's the journey of life. He gave them some space. Went a little farther, fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. I'm tired. I'm tired. 33-year-old guy. If it is possible, I'm tired. May this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. And then he returned. And everyone was sleeping. Heartbroken. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? Asked Peter. And watch and pray so you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Then he went a second time and prayed, My father, if it's not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. Came again, found them sleeping. <laughs> oh my. I, I can just imagine how he was feeling. He left them and went once more away and prayed a third time, saying the same thing. If it is possible for this cup to be taken, let, let, did he not know that this was supposed to be the path? He knew. He knew. <laughs> but did he make it any easier? Of course not. So when you feel this way, know that it's okay. You're not a bad person. You're not a weak person. You're not a useless person. You're just tired. And it's okay to be tired. But then like Jesus, look at the big picture. As you will. The farmer doesn't plant a seed three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine months, and he says, I'm too tired. I'm not going to, you know, harvest the crops. He won't do that. He'll get it done. Because that's where it matters most. Planting, of course, weeding and all that, then the harvest. Two critical places. Because you don't harvest in time, there's a problem. But you can't give up. I know you don't understand. Well, I'm not God. He knows. And you know what you want. And he wants what's good for you, what's best for you. So when you know in your spirit, that is the path you're supposed to follow. Some people don't know. Some know. When you know, you're convinced, you have clarity. Then you have to do the work. In spite of your being tired, you have to do it. You can't give up midway. You can't throw in the towel. Oh, I've had those days. I've had those days. When I'm so overwhelmed, I will cry. You know, because like Jesus, I know there's no escaping this. So what else can I do? And then I would, you know, have a little pity party all by myself. And then I'll wipe my tears. Then like a warrior, I will wear my breastplate, wear my helmet hold my sword and get back into the war. Get back into battle. 
I, I was listening to Boju Oyemade. I listen to him every now and then. One of my favorite uh, preachers, or you know, Christian person. And and he talked about praying. I know yesterday I told you I, I was praying for wisdom. And when I woke up this morning, same thought came to me again. Wisdom, mercy, two things. Because if you have all the resources at your disposal and you don't have wisdom, you'll mess it up. You would mess it up. Some of us had great relationships, but messed them up. No wisdom. Some of us had something good going in our lives. We messed it up because we lacked wisdom. And now you look back with regrets. Well, you know, with time, it will ease. The pain will ease. The regret will, you know, eventually you move on. Yeah, but you need wisdom. So what you said, for those who are Christians who speak in tongue, what you said, when you want to get results, you want to get results. Pray for one hour. Some people have space in their houses. They can afford to get into that space. Maybe put out the light so nobody knows you're there. Lock the door and pray in tongues for one hour. That's what he said. And he said, after that hour, something would happen. What I think it is, is this. Your human side will be subdued. It's like you're breaking... Um, how would I say it? You're breaking something. You're breaking something. As you hit, you, you apply pressure, it's beginning to give, you know, particles fall, 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 you know, then eventually um, you get a breakthrough, right? So that's what I believe it is. So you're dulling your human senses. You're dulling your human senses and you're opening up your spirit to receive. You're speaking in tongues, but you have a request in your heart. So you do it for one, you don't, you continue for one hour. After the hour, <laughs> some of you live in a state, so you can afford to come out early and do that instead of wasting your time. Because some people just wake up and they get on social media. I tell you all the time, what you're consuming on social media is someone else's content. So if you're not creating content, leave it alone. You know, I've, I've, I've had days that my phones were off, both of them. And I did not die. Heaven did not fall. 911 did not come to my house. Life went on. Some of us have lost our phones. We did not die. Of course, we were, you know, all over the place, but we did not die. Some people, your phone was stolen. To get it back took you at least six hours. Those six hours, you did not die. So all this, eh, I can't do it without my phone, is an addiction. And you're the one feeding it. So it's okay to leave your phone at home or in another room, silent mode, and pray. When you pray, after an hour, you would see what would happen. If someone like me, if I was going to do that exercise, at the end of the one hour, I'll just pray for wisdom and mercy. That's all. That's all. What else do I need? And if you go back to, you know, the story of King Solomon, he didn't, he didn't, what did he ask for? To be able to do the work that was before him. That was all low. Many people don't understand it. They have been taught that thing upside down. They have been taught it upside down. First Kings, verse 3, or chapter 3 rather. And God appeared to Solomon. Solomon loved the Lord. First things first. We need to understand how these things work. When your heart is focused on something or someone, there's a way it goes. Solomon loved the Lord. Number one, 
Then he walked in the statues of his father. It wasn't a sharp, sharp thing. You know how some of you just want to soak Okoyam on Monday and reap it on Tuesday, harvest on Tuesday. It doesn't work like that. First of all, his heart was with God. And then he walked that path. He sacrificed and offered incense at the high places. And he used to offer a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. So God, there was no confusion about this one, (laughs) you know, because he was matching it with action, the love he had for God. It wasn't leap offering. And God appeared to Solomon. We We need to understand these things. It was God that appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. No distraction. And God said, ask what I should give you. Blank check. Ask what I should give you. So Solomon was already wise (laughs) in his response. Listen to what he said. You've shown great and steadfast love to your servant, my father David, because he walked before you in faithfulness. Because we need to understand these things. You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant, my father David, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart towards you. And you've given him a son to sit on this throne today. And now, O Lord, my God, you've made your servant king in place of my father David, although I am only a little child. I do not know how to go out or coming. And your servant is in the midst of the people whom you have chosen, a great people, so numerous they cannot be numbered or counted. Verse 9, give your, this is the request now. Mm -hmm. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, able to discern between good and evil, for who can govern this your great people? So, Solomon was wise. He was wise. Give me an understanding mind. Uh, what version is this? Oh. Um, let me see. Um, let me go to another version. Let's see. Okay. Seven. Okay, this says, give, give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and distinguish between right and wrong. Okay, so I think it, it works. And the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. And God said to him, since you've not asked for this, since you've asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, Look at that, look at that. (laughs) Because a king has everything. A king has everything. Hmm. So so what normally a king would ask for would be long life. So he can enjoy the time on the throne and you know his people and all that. Since you've not asked for um, life or wealth for yourself, nor have 
you asked for the death of your enemies. Hey, Oro, this is wisdom. <laughs> because some people, yes, yeah, some kings will say, oh, let all my enemies die so I can live and rule forever without any opposition. Mm-mm. You asked for a discerning heart to govern the people and to distinguish between right and wrong. You didn't ask for long life or wealth for yourself. Nor have you asked for the deaths of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice. I will do what you've asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I'll give you what you've not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you have no equal among kings. And if you walk, so he, he, this is your request done, right? And this is something I will add. If you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as David, your father did, I will give you long life. And then he woke and realized it had been a dream. What did he do? He returned to Jerusalem, stood before the Ark of the Lord's Covenant and sacrificed again. And that is why you know, this, this next part took me a while to figure out. Um, you know, the, the one about the two prostitutes who came to the king and said, um, we live in the same house, I had a baby, I had, this one had a baby too, then, you know, at night, one of the babies died because someone laid on him, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it was a case of, it's my baby alive, your baby is the dead one. And the king said... You say your son is alive and you say her son is dead. Okay, simple. Bring me a sword. So they brought a sword for the king. Cut the living child into two. Give one half to this one. Give one half to the other. End of story. The woman whose son was alive was deeply moved out of love for her son and said to the king, please, please don't kill, don't, don't kill the child. Give it to her. Belida said, no, you will not have the child. Me child, cut it into two. Then the king gave his ruling. said, give the living baby to the first woman. Do not kill him. She is his mother. It was recently I looked at this, you know, again. Because a mother would never want to see her child die. So the mother said, if the child will be alive in the arms of another woman, let it be. But the other one, cut into two. Give her one half. But when the child is cut in two, the child is dead as well. So we have two dead children. The woman said, no, give, give it to her. Wisdom. Wisdom. David just discerned. So, so that's, that's a great thing to, you know, try out this weekend. Instead of running up and down, making noise, looking for who to, just be by yourself and pray for wisdom. Pray for wisdom. And for mercy for all the mistakes you've made. Pray for wisdom. A discerning spirit. Because the other things you think you're chasing, when you get them and you're not wise, you're going to lose them. Or you're going to make a mess of them. Wisdom is the principal thing. And that's why when you get to those moments when you become weary and weak and you want to give up, 
you would see the end game, the big picture, then you say no. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to press on. I didn't come all the way here to give up. I've toiled all night. I didn't come all the way to give up. So don't give up. Will those feelings come? Oh yes, sometimes very often. But don't give up. Look at the big picture. Especially knowing that God's thoughts towards your thoughts of peace and not of evil. Forget whatever anybody else is saying. They're humans like you. They can fall and die. With all their gra they can sleep and not wake up. <laughs> That's why when you see them doing all the things they're doing, just look at them and laugh. They are mere mortals. Just laugh. When you're feeling overwhelmed, his thoughts towards me are thoughts of peace and not of evil. Because it's what you have in your mind, in your heart, in the deposit. So our, our hearts are like banks. The things you hear, the things you read, the things you watch, the things you, you do make up what is deposited in your heart. That's why if you wake me up and put a microphone, I'll start to speak. Because I've done it long enough, I have great deposits in my heart. But if you wake me up and give me a script in French, I'll struggle. Or in German, oh, don't even go there. So why it's important to deposit the right things in your heart is so that in the day of trouble, in the days when you're weary, when it looks like the world is coming to an end or everything's going to crash on you, you would go in there and dip in your hand into the heart, your heart, the deposit and bring out those things that you have learned, that you have known, that have worked for you, and look at them again and say, I can do this. Uh, someone went to my podcast yesterday, um, anchor.fm forward slash enigma speaks. Someone's asking, how can I listen after now? And, and the person sent a message. It wasn't very clear, but all I kept hearing was, thank you, thank you. So when, I, when I'm done, I will go and amplify it. Thank you, thank you. So you want to listen. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your life. Nobody's going to ask you what you want. Look at the pandemic. All the things in your wardrobe, they were there. All the nice shoes you even borrowed, you borrowed money to buy, they're there. The nice coats, the nice slippers, whatever it is, bags, perfumes, even the hair, you were still paying in installments. Pandemic came, everybody sat down. It didn't matter. Your nice cars, they're using to oppress your neighbors. Everything was packed. <laughs> My, oh my, oh my, oh my. Zero eight four four six one nine two three. So, it is what you have deposited in your heart by the things you hear that matter. There are things I don't ever listen to. I won't ever listen. There's no time. Instead of listening to rubbish, I would lay on my bed and sleep. I'm not even joking. There's no time for that. Uh, hmm. You never hear. Hmm. Hotels just in town. That's the one that comes to you. The other one, you yourself, you go on social media and you're looking for the hotels just. Eh? Ah, see this woman, oh, eh, look at, hey, eh? what is going on with your life? If we're going to read your story, what would it look like? There's time for leisure, but even choose something clean, something refreshing. <sighs> when you're in a position, there are things that would come to you. That's why we need to, that prayer, lead us not into temptation. 
and deliver us from all evil. And even the Bible says, flee from every appearance. It did not say every act. The thing may look like evil. Run, run, run. Chaos. Just start running. That's the appearance. It's not, you have not seen the real thing. You've seen that this one will lead me into trouble. Run. Kya, kya, kya. Because God knows that the human part of you, the flesh will speak. Then your flesh will rise and say, I want it and I want it now. So when you see the appearance, run. So yes, at some point he derailed. But that did not take away the thing that God had given to him. That's why we see some wise people acting foolishly sometimes. They have it, but they derail. They, they, they take their eyes away from the big picture. They want something here and now. David did that. He had everything he wanted. But a basin woman, he couldn't take his eyes off from. Did that stop him from being David? No. But the price was a high one to pay. Because it led to death. It led to, I mean, murder. The child that was even born, still, see, two, he paid on two fronts and more. So let's focus on what's important. Eh? It's very important that we focus on what's important. <laughs> and I will take it back to the beginning. Nobody owes you anything. If your relatives like, let them own the whole of Ada George. They don't owe you five naira, 50 kobo. They don't owe you nothing. They don't owe you anything. If they have a family, their first, second, fifth, 100th responsibility is to take care of their families. And I, I say it all the time. No, you know, we will need help. We all need help at some point in time. That's given. But the truth is this. The cow that knows that it does not have tail. <laughs> so when you know that you came from a disadvantage, where some people say it, whatever it is, you start early. When people are sleeping and snoring, you are looking for work. I will do the work. Pay me. I will do the work. Pay me. You're gathering your little, little, little until it becomes very great. Abiola that many of us mentioned, he was selling newspapers. I believe as a child. So this idea of I have a rich family member, I have a, you don't have them. They're not yours. You're related, yes, and that's the end. Whatever they choose to do with their wealth, it is none of your business. As it's doing you, go and get your own too, so that you can be doing it the way you want to do it. So that's even a wrong thought. People are in need, yes. They need help, yes. So what you do is you start early to fix your own future by the things that you do. When You see... I had friends in secondary school. Their parents didn't have money or the means. You know what they would do? They would ask for your textbook. They're not stupid. These were teenagers. They would come to school early, ask for your textbook, enter one corner. You know, then we had a lot of space in school, so there was always a building or something that was empty. They would read because then we didn't have the whatever to photocopy text. That's illegal, but you know. So they would copy, copy, copy or take out the main key points. Why? They knew that they were disadvantaged. So when you know that you're disadvantaged, the energy you used to be hating on people and cursing them and wishing that they will die and that their SUV will crash, pray for wisdom. God, open my eyes so I can see the opportunities that are before me. Because really, every time there's something you can do, there's a woman that comes to the gate every day. She sells a bacha. A plate is like 300. I buy from her every other day. And some of my colleagues buy. So a day if she sells one five from only these gates, it's something. And like the 80-20 principle, if she's wise, she would look at where she sells the most. And when she leaves her, wherever she prepares her stuff, she goes there first. So whatever is left, she will know the other places to visit. So don't, don't be bitter. Don't complain. 
your time will come, but it will only come if you're walking in that direction. You can't face Calabar and say your time will come in Lagos, except you're going to do something extraordinary and get into a flight. Nobody owes you anything. The days of my papa no try. That one is olden olden days talk. That one is that one is not talk. You know, follow. Makes no sense. They've bursted you. You have skills. You have talents. You're over eighteen. <laughs> my brother, my sister, get to work. You know, it's easy for us to not see the big picture. They are broad that you talk about at eighteen. In fact, if you watch some movies, see some boys on bicycles going to drop newspapers. They are paid. You see some going to drop pizzas. They are paid. I mean, older ones, yes, 18 plus, going to drop pizzas. They are paid. If you watch the movie, Annie, they are going to help the guy who had the store downstairs to do some stuff. They get paid. But we want to measure our lives with those people that have a structure and a system that works. We have no system here. So when you already know that you're in the gutter, you don't steady and be swimming and say, it can be a swimming pool if I keep swimming by some stroke of luck. It's not going to happen. If you're looking for something, you would find it. Knock and it shall be open. I didn't write it because that's the way God has made it. Knock and it shall be open. So are you knocking? Are you knocking at the wrong door? Aha, uh-huh. that's another matter. 